0: Gali Mera, Spera, whatever time you are watching, this is Mapa. It's another special one, but we always do specials. And you know that one day we're going to take over, whether you like it or not. I'm Stel Sotiris, here's my co-host. And the gentleman below, this, this guy's a baller. When I tell you, technique, skill, vision, strength, shooting ability. He's a full package. Basil Zradi. Champion, yeah? Champion,
1: Abolon. Welcome, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling with my family here in Copenhagen. Everything
0: is good. That is a beautiful view, man. I love the, the scenery. I love the blue skies. Just like Limassol, yeah?
1: Yeah, the same. The same. Same weather. Same. <laughs> like
0: love you. That- <laughs> just just like Cyprus yeah just like Cyprus well bro thank you for taking the time to join us I know you you're a busy man and um right now I guess that you're 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 searching for a new club so I don't want to stand in your way and and you know, take your time and everything but let's start from the beginning and you're from Denmark but with Lebanese heritage can you tell us a, a bit about your background
1: yeah so my father he fled the war in lebanon in the- the 80s, I think it was, and he came to Denmark with his brothers and uh, then he went to Lebanon and got married with my mother and came here and and started a family here. So I'm born and raised here in, uh, in Copenhagen and I lived here my whole life until I moved out to, to Norway to play at 2021. 20, so I'm born and raised here in, uh, in Denmark with Lebanese
2: parents.
0: So what was it like growing up? Because obviously people in Denmark look different to people like us, you know, with, they don't have the dark hair, the dark eyebrows. How was it like growing up in schools and everything?
1: No, to be honest with you, it was difficult. It was, it was. Uh, how do you say it? People like to say uh, ghetto and uh, make it sound like they had a tough upbringing. I'm, uh, I had a good upbringing. My life was good, but we lived in a, in a ghetto or whatever you want to call it with a lot of foreigners. So when you went to school or went to football, it was different with the Danish kids uh, for me. You didn't really have the same interests. You didn't talk the same way. You were just different, you know. So you always felt that. But it was, besides that, it was good. Everything was, was fine, you know.
0: No worries, no worries. And, and just another personal question, if you don't mind me asking. What, what about the religious side of things? Are, are you and your family religious people?
1: We are Muslims in my family. Uh, right. Yeah, we're not very, very religious, uh, but we are Muslims. Yeah, the, the reason why I asked is
0: because I, I had a feeling that might play a part in the difficulty you had in you growing up in that country. I know Denmark is very multicultural, but there's still that element of, you know, oh, you're a different religion, different race. You might get treated a bit different, you know? Yeah,
1: it's, I think it's like that everywhere if you're not from the, from the country. If you do something as a foreigner here in Denmark, it's different than if a, if a Danish person does it, you know? So it's a bit different. So, so bro, you know, do you,
0: do you celebrate Ramadan and do you fast and all that as well?
1: I don't fast, but uh, many in my family, they fast.
0: Okay, you know, I should as, as do I,
1: it maybe next next year. But uh... well,
0: listen, it's, it's it's a life choice. I mean, I, I work with a with a Muslim charity called Nujum Sports, and they're doing very very well in terms of um, giving the the religion uh, more inclusivity. They've got deals with the Premier League, the Dutch Football Association, and the, I'm interested to know um, how Muslim players in Christian countries, so for example, Cyprus, Denmark, etc how they're treated in terms of are they given the opportunities to pray? Are they, are they given the opportunities to break their fast? Are they, are
1: they treated with a bit more dignity and respect as they should? To be honest, in the teams where I was, it's, there's been respect. In Haiduk Split, we had a player, Hamza Barry, he was fasting and nobody said anything, anything to him like, don't fast, don't do that or anything. Mm. It was the same in Apollon. We had I mean, Hamas, uh, Haitam Malesami, Dabo, uh I hope I didn't forget anyone but yeah they were fasting and there was no no issue from what I know Excellent.
0: cool brilliant brilliant all right well let's talk about your football career then started out obviously in in Denmark through various academies uh, I've, I've seen um who were your football idols when you were growing up oh, I had phenomenal R nine that
2: was
1: that was number one and for me it yeah. still it still is number one
2: what Incredibly about the player incredible. in your position then? Because my
1: he's... position, I liked Özil a lot. Özil and Kaka, those two players, I liked a lot. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were they were incredible. Kaka was just <sighs> unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That you know, at Milan, he was ripping it to shreds. I know he didn't have it particularly great at Real Madrid, but yeah, and and Ronaldo, honestly, there's <laughs> like, you can't talk about the guy, man. Like he's just ridiculous. No, no,
1: what about, what about there who would cut his knee and be out for two years and come back and win the Ballon on Nobody exactly,
0: exactly, exactly. What? So, yeah, so you you broke through various teams in, in Denmark, but I, I guess you kind of had the would you say the breakthrough was Nordschland in, in Norway?
1: Would, would that be fair to say? Uh, no, it was um, my childhood club B93, is called um. It's a traditional club in Denmark. It's uh, more than 100 years old. They were always in the best uh, leagues, like in the early days. And then they went down, but the youth academy was always good. They always produced good talents uh, who played outside. So I was there and I got my breakthrough there. Then I went to AB Copenhagen, who was in the second division uh, in Denmark at 17 or 18. I played good a season, and then Norshalem bought me.
0: Yeah. Because Nordjylland are doing very well in Denmark, especially with the the Right to Dream project with Tom Vernon, I believe. Yeah. What um, w- was that? Was that a club that obviously you knew about? I'm, I'm obviously you did know about the club, but did you did you know about the project
1: at the time when you when you joined them? Yeah, I knew they didn't have Right to Dream at at that time, but it was always oh, Okay. Yeah, it was always a club who produced talents and uh, focused on young players. So. At that age, I was 18, 18, 19. Uh, I had good good offers, offers outside as well. Uh, but my father, he told me, Northland, that's the team who produce young players.
2: So, so go there. Was it and 2014, 2015 when the transfer was done? Yeah, yeah I went uh, 2014 to,
1: uh, to Norway. So, in terms of when you
0: were growing up, playing at academy level, youth level, and then moving to Nordschland, were there any particular coaches that you felt helped you develop as,
1: as best as you did? So I had, had in Nordschland, I had, um, had Kaspar Yulman, who's the national team coach of, of Denmark now. Um, he didn't play me a lot, but he taught me a lot. A lot of things in the in the early days, like when you play in the lower divisions as a youth player, you don't get the the basics or whatever you call it of top football of professional football. You can dribble, it's you can make the panas, you can play kind of street football, but in professional football it doesn't work. So he taught me about timing in the runs uh, behind the space, uh, uh, orientation, looking around you, and those things that I didn't learn before. He was the one who, who put it in my head so he he taught me a lot
0: I find it impressive how Denmark has produced so many attacking quality players you know obviously that the Laudrup brothers what were standout Christian Eriksen various others so I guess you know attacking football is at the forefront of Danish uh football history I guess or DNA right
1: yeah, but it's, it, to be honest, when I was, when I was younger, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was more like uh, a defensive kind of football, like physically running uh, that kind of football. Uh, and the players you mentioned, they all left early. They left early from Denmark. They were so good, but they wanted to, to leave early, I think, and they had the good offers like Eriksen and, and Laudrup and those players. And they, they went to the right, right clubs, you know. But it wasn't like that in, uh, in general in Danish football. It wasn't an offensive league. It was more defensive and uh, physical.
0: Okay. Okay. And as for the squad at what was, was it Runeson that was there? That's at Arsenal. Was he there? Which one? The goalkeeper. The Icelandic
1: goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he was there, actually. He was there. Uh, he was, I think, at that time, he was very young. He was the third, third goalkeeper or something. He was very young when he came. Uh, and I actually had his father as a coach up in uh, in Norway too.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And there's there's another player in the, in your squad with the surname Laudrup. He was he related to the? It was his son. Yeah.
2: Under,
1: son.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So was did you think that the lad was under any pressure to to achieve big things in football because of his his parents? I mean, we've seen yeah.
1: Lampard, we've seen Cruyff. For sure. For sure, he had. <laughs> His father was uh, Laudrup, you know. In Denmark, Laudrup is uh, is the king, so it w- it was difficult for him, I think. But but he was a good player and a very very humble and nice guy. So you couldn't feel that he was his son. You know what I mean? He was always a good guy, and some of the things he did on the pitch, he you could see where he was the son of his father. You know, he had the chip the chip behind the line that Laudrup used to do. He did it as well. So. You could see nice. some similarities.
0: Nice, brilliant, brilliant. So, you then moved to uh, Godset in Norway. Yeah, and there was another player there who's at Arsenal now, I believe. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, Martin uh, Edugo.
0: There you go. There you go. Now we know that he was a wonder kid. We know that he went to Real Madrid, and then was it Sociedad, I think, and then he ended up at Arsenal. Was he
1: was he that good as a as a kid? Ah, it was crazy. He was pff, at fifteen he was <laughs> he was joking around <laughs> with players uh, players who was 30, you know, players who've been in the game for a long time, he was fifteen
2: and he was doing whatever he wanted, so no, it was good. So when he was at fifteen years old, he was training with the first team. Correct. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh.
0: There are there are levels there are levels but so, I I guess you weren't surprised that he he achieved so so much in such a short space of time when when you do see talented players especially at that age you always think it could go one way or the other it could go really really well for him or he will go to a big club and just fall off because of the pressure but he hasn't done that you know at Real Madrid he didn't get many opportunities he did well in Socciedad and now he's come to Arsenal captain. Challenging for the title,
1: the captain of Norway, I think, as well, if I'm not mistaken. No, you always hear a lot of hype with young talents when they are doing something special. There's always a lot yeah. of hype. And I think that hype can break a player or make him. Like with him, he went to Real Madrid, who was the toughest move you can make. Uh, in his position, I think he had Özil at that time. Yep. Uh, and Cacao on the bench, and then Isco, and, you know, crazy players, so for sure it was difficult for him uh, but also he learned a lot i think so it helped him now and now you see i think he's 24 or 23 i don't know but he's captain of norway and captain in arsenal as well he's playing playing good yeah
0: for sure for sure and then you moved to Lillestrøm yeah. where if i'm not mistaken you played with Ludemo that was a a uh, yeah a couple of years ago yeah um now I'm I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but did you
1: ask him about Cyprus before you joined Apollon? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. Um, yeah. The guy who brought me to Apollon was a player who was there before, who was who's my good friend still, Marco Tagbajumi. Uh, okay, he worked with uh, Nicolas Teles, um, so I talked to him about Cyprus, and he told me it's amazing and lovely. Blah blah. I was a little skeptical, you know. I felt uh, I didn't know, but I felt Cyprus was a league for plus thirty players who wanted to just enjoy life, get the money, and and, and finish. I was twenty seven at that time, so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was Marco. I don't know if I talked to Lundemo. I don't remember.
0: Yeah. And and again, if memory serves me, correct, me correctly, at Lillestrøm you played with Fredrik Kipper, the centre back that played at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's it's remarkable how all these players that have played in various leagues and especially Premier League, you've you played alongside them. Maybe you'll be in the Premier League soon, bro.
1: You never know. Ah, bro, it's too late now. Twenty nine. Nah, 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 nah. It's never too late. <laughs> From my soul to Premier League at twenty nine. Why not? I why, have not? To why not? 45 why, not and... yeah, why not? Forty five goals, man. Why not? You never know. You never
0: know. Okay, so you then went to Croatia with Hajduk Split. Yeah, um, massive club. Massive yeah. club. Was that when Trametsani was head coach when you when you went there? He came my last uh, six months there. Oh, my last time. six
1: months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I um... didn't really I didn't really have him as a coach because I we didn't agree on a contract in, in Hajduk split. So I got sent to the B team with uh, with the captain and another player. Uh they had like a policy if you don't sign a new contract, you go on the B team in your last ah, season. Okay, okay. So I didn't really have him as a coach besides one was... month. W- was um was
0: Valerio Zudas there at the time? The coach. Uh, he was an assistant
1: or he part. Of no, the coach but he had a, he had a I don't remember man a short guy I don't remember his name. Uh, Attila, Attila was his. Right.
0: Okay, okay. So I, undoubtedly, Hajduk Split is probably at the time the biggest club you played for. Is would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. By by far. I mean. Uh, it's it's not many who knows the club nowadays but in in croatia haiduk split is with dinamo zagreb it's it's something else uh, yeah here in denmark you you keep talking about bramby and, and copenhagen and I've, i haven't played at those clubs but i know the fan base i know people from there people, players who play there for me you cannot compare haiduk split with with those club clubs yeah absolutely absolutely and Again,
0: looking at the squad, Jairo was there at the mm-hmm. time, who's done incredible work at Bafo. Uh, Gyushko, that's smashing it at Ayk. And Runya, the, the central, central defender that was with Omonia before. So uh, there's still a separate link.
1: Which, which player? I, Ivan Ivan Run- Runye? Runye? Ah, yeah, I played with him in Noshland as well. Uh, we didn't ah, play with do, but we played in Noshland together.
0: Yeah, so he was he was at Ammonia. So in terms of G- Gushka and and Jairo, I'm, I don't think you're surprised to see how well they're doing in Cyprus.
2: No, uh,
1: Jairo especially. Jairo has been a beast, especially this season. Gone. The first thing I said when I came to Apollon was try to bring these two players, uh, and they tried. Uh, they called Haiduk and things oh, didn't go. Is. Yeah. yeah they, okay. They were in talks. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying too much, but yeah. <laughs> I told them they <laughs> bring these two players and, uh, and I think they tried So then they went to Pafos and Ike and you see they're both doing amazing. So, so
2: it's good. Basil, That's when good. you played with um, Jairo at this time, was he a striker or a winger? For me, he's much better as
1: a striker for My me God. personally. I think if you ask him, he would say the same. Because I think
2: in Paphos was his first uh, season as a professional player that he played as a striker. Yeah, he also
1: played some games in Haiduk as a striker and and he was always always playing good there. Uh, we played, we had one coach, uh, we called him Six, who had a system like uh, Diamond and the two up front could be wingers, strikers, like wherever there was space and... With him, he was playing in the strike, and I think he scored 11 goals or something.
2: So, yeah, strikers is his best position. Okay. Going back to, back to hijack split, uh, if I'm not mistaken, back at this time in 2021, was it 2021? Before yeah. you joined, joined Apollo, was it? From 2018 to 21, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So, you were at your peak at this point, right? At your peak of your career. Yeah. So why why you didn't want to sign a new contract with them? Was it? Do you do you thought that could be anything any better offers? Or yeah, to be honest, those years I was there it was very very tough.
1: It was uh, bad results, uh, and like I said before, the fan base is is crazy. Uh, so after three and a half years, the players they like burn out. You know, if you're not getting the results. It's burning out, and, and, and yeah, there was some things that happened in inside of the club uh, that made me want to to try something else. Uh, so, yeah, that's
2: why I went to to Apollon. And then, who, uh, then Apollon, yeah, yeah. Who, who approached you? How it happened? Do you remember anything? Can you tell us anything?
1: Yeah, this, to be to be honest, uh, I was playing Call of Duty with a friend with Markov. Talk about juni. And, uh, <laughs> and I asked him you know because at that time I was hearing a lot from Cyprus agents uh, I talked to to most of the clubs to be honest in, in Cyprus before I went to Apollon and I was very skeptical I didn't I thought I could go to a better league at that time uh, and I think I could if I waited uh, some more I signed very early but anyways I talked to Marco and uh, he told me very good things and a good league and the money is good and nice country and blah 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 so that's why I went to, to Apollon
2: and then first three games three goals two in Europa conference league yes if you thought anything about that before you signing is it any better start <laughs> could be any better oh, start? To,
1: to be honest without sounding arrogant or something i knew if if i played my position uh, number 10 because i was playing as a midfielder and haiduk central midfielder mostly uh, and it's not my position so it was one of my uh, demands to to come to apollo and i told petros that i'm a number 10 and if you want me as a player you use me as a number 10. Uh, so i knew if i played that position that i can do do good things so i was happy at that time
2: nice
0: Bro, you came to the Cypriot League from a very competitive Croatian league. You mentioned that there were some clubs interested in you from Cyprus. I'm not going to ask which clubs because it wouldn't be fair. But did the opportunity to play European football have a big impact on your decision to join Nabolon?
1: To be honest, the biggest impact was Zoniga. It was um, when I heard... He was coming. I don't think I would have signed if I didn't hear he was coming, to be honest. Uh, I know him from uh, and uh, I know what he did in Brumby. He took them from the bottom to the top that year. Uh, so you hear a lot about him in Denmark and, and that. So I knew when he came, it would be professional and there wouldn't be any, any issues, you know. So when he signed, I was like, OK, uh, I would like to play there.
0: Was the target to win the title in the first season? Because as you know in Cyprus, well, maybe you didn't know this before you came, but it's a it's a very chaotic league. Managers get sacked left right set, left right and center. I mean, Odis had seven managers this season, which tells you you need to know about Cyprus. So what was the target for Mr. Zorniger to, to win the title at the first attempt? Yeah, it was
1: was something we talked about from the First weeks, you know, every team I think they sit in the preseason and they make the goals for the season. And almost every player said winning the title, and, and that was it. You know,
0: I, I remember Abolon ran Omonia close to the, the season before. They were very close to winning the title the, the year before, and it was um, it was a performance away against Olympiagos with two games to go where they drew, and Omonia yeah. beat Ayek away from home. Which which because I'm an Omonia fan, sorry. But, yeah. you know, it, it gave us a title. But I think the injury to Dingini really hurt ball on that season because he was banging in goals left, right and centre. Then he got the ACL and it kind of fell off. So, when you look at the, the squad, when you joined, you know, Jovanovic, fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, Roberge, fantastic centre-back. You had Hamas, you had Mavrias with the experience. Then you had Hambo in the middle of the part, Spoljarits, And then, obviously, others like um gadelari and um uh Gol. there's a there's, a, there's an array of talent obviously bitter so you've gone to this club thinking right we're gonna make a, a go of it at the title which is great but then it came to the playoffs and i'm not gonna lie to you bro obviously my team weren't gonna win it up well we're running you guys close i'm thinking please abolon win the title i can't have a ball winning the title and you were drawing and drawing and drawing and then which game was it that you lost in the playoffs was it Puffles I think Puffles first, yeah. Pafos at home. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Then you drew with Anortosi. And then you played up well. What happened with that time? Because, as I said, you're drawing, drawing, losing. Was the confidence low at the time? Or did you guys believe
1: that it would click eventually? Like you say, it's uh, the pressure comes, you know. Uh, I was injured at that time. I just did my surgery. But I could feel the, the vibes in the team you know, because it was 16 years the club haven't won, and I think we were like nine points in front at the playoffs, in the beginning of the playoffs, and then you could just see every, every round Apoel well was getting closer, and uh, we were not playing good, so I think it was the pressure, uh, and also a lot of injuries to, throughout the whole season. Uh, I don't think from start to finish that we played with the strongest team any game, to be honest. So... That season, we had too many injuries and that's why I think it was close. Because if you ask me, if we had the strongest team from start to finish, I think it wouldn't be close. Uh, that's my honest opinion. Well, you,
0: you were nine points clear at the start of the playoffs, as you quite rightly mentioned. So if you had the full-strength squad, I'm sure you'd have won it much sooner. But th- this is a, a question which I don't want to take any credit away from the players because clearly you guys are on the pitch, winning the games, winning the title... But how much of an influence was Zorniga in that respect? Because obviously when you're going through a, a rough patch, but you've got a coach that has won titles before, you know, and he's been been around the block, so to speak. Did it help having him there? Was he was he the motivation that you guys needed? Or
1: was it the fans? I think it was a mix of everything. Uh, I don't think you can say the players won it, uh, the coach won it, or the fans won it. It was a mix of everything. And in football, you need luck. You always need luck. Uh, and we had, for example, the game against uh, Anorthosis, uh, where they get a penalty. I think it was 90 minutes or something. I don't remember if Warda or someone else they were shooting, and and the, he saved it. That game, if if Anorthosis win it, they would also be in the title race, you know. And I think we would drop down to second position. I'm not sure. But those type of games, they they can decide the league. And Yova, uh, he saved the penalty in the ninety minute or something. And, and so you need luck. You need luck to to win a title. If uh, yeah.
0: And and there was the the same game away against Anorthosis where Dabo scored in injury time. Exactly.
1: So... You had we had many. We also had the opposite where we were in front, and then in the end, uh, the other team scores, like the 90th minute. We get a draw instead of a win. With Ike, for example, uh, Ike away. So, yeah, to win the title, you need the luck, and and you need to be good too, of course. So we had that, and it was a mix of the coach, the players, and the fans who
0: came in the end. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. So, talk to me about the Abobo game. Then you're going into this one. I think they were a point behind or two points, but I can't remember. So you guys, I mean, I don't know. Did did you play in that game? Did you play? No, I played.
1: Second, the, the first two games in the playoff. And then I got my meniscus.
0: Uh, right. Yeah. So I think it was Spogliaric and Kol in the middle of the yeah. park, if I'm not mistaken. So, okay. So I'm guessing you were in and around the club at the time, obviously getting your treatment. So what is what are the players talking about in the build up to the game? Because obviously, you know, if you lose this one, chances are Abou will go on to win the league because they've got the momentum. But yeah. you guys, they were possessed. You guys were possessed. I was watching that game. I'm like, who is this team? Where have they come from? I
1: couldn't believe it. No, it was. uh, I remember the game before Apuel They beat a team at Sirio. I don't remember who, Uh, and they were celebrating like they won the title. I remember that in Limassol there was fireworks and uh, and I remember the coach used it as motivation. Uh, There was a picture of them celebrating in in the locker room, you know, and like like they are celebrating like they won the league. So they they beat Aris two one. It was exactly. going to be two, one Yeah, and that's the game. I think we lost or drew, so there was one point. If they won that game, probably they would have taken the league. So it was, uh, yeah, a big motivation for the players, from how I remember it. And, and to be honest, that game, up well, they killed us uh, the first 20-30 minutes, and then again we had we had some luck and we scored our chances. They didn't, and we took the three points. For sure,
0: for sure. So you win the game effectively, the title's wrapped up, you get a... Uh... Who's it that you played the, the following game? Was it Aris? You beat 4-1, which which secured the title and um, pitch invasion. Were you in the dressing room after the game celebrating?
1: Yeah, of course, of course. I, I need so to I ask my surgery, you. I couldn't run, but everybody was flying around, you know, so it was crazy. I, I need to
0: ask you this. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but that moment where Gol and Gatelari started singing and it ended up on television. <laughs> that, that, was, that was brilliant, though. That was, I must admit, I was very entertained by that. Were, were you there? Did you see it happen?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, both, I, I don't remember if I was there, but everybody saw the video after. It was, yeah, it was crazy.
2: Was it this, before? Actually, yeah,
1: these two, they're comedians. They're too funny in the dressing room. What what were they like then? Because you just mentioned
0: they're comedians. I know Gol is a bit funny, you know, can be funny. I didn't think Gadelari was like that because he's a very stern faced guy, but maybe behind the scenes, he's a, he's a different character.
1: Yeah, on the pitch, he's a beast, but outside, he's, he's a funny guy. You know, he likes to joke around and,
2: and this. Yeah. And I
1: think
0: is. <laughs> yeah. So, Soteri, you
2: know him, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, no, Soteri knows Gadelari. There you go. Small world. Uh, I want to talk a bit more about um, Alexander Sorniger because opinions differ about uh, the relationship he had with the players, with you guys. So I want you to tell us a bit more. Did you guys actually have a good relationship with the coach? Because, because after I think
1: had... it depends on every every personality and every player and the team. If you ask him, maybe he will say different. If you ask me personally, my relationship with, was always good with him, always. I like I like people who are direct. Uh, maybe it's because I come from Denmark, but here in Denmark and in the northern countries, if a coach has something, he will tell you to your face, you know what I mean? Well yeah. I feel in Cyprus, some of the other coaches I had, it was more like a uh, zigzag, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it, in the dressing room, the, the environment and everything was, was okay. Sorry. Like, have to this. yeah I'm here yeah so in the dressing room uh, the environment and uh, everything seems to be okay was it everything okay right
1: yeah uh, uh, the dressing room was amazing that year uh, okay. completely different the second year but the first year where we won the title it
2: was it was amazing so what do you think have has changed? between the first year and the second year? Was it the coach, was it the players, the personalities, the leaders?
1: Yeah, you know, if you talk about that, you are, you are fucking certain people, you know? Uh, and then that's not why I'm here. So, no, I, I will say it was different, completely different the second year than the first year. Different characters, different uh, mentality. Everything was different from the first year to the second year. Um, Playing style. Uh... Characters in the team, uh, mentality, like I said, training. Uh, it wasn't For me, if you ask me, the first year and the second year is two different clubs uh Apollon. Jekyll so. and Hyde, two characters, wasn't it?
0: Two completely yeah. different characters. Two know? completely different teams. The thing is, I'll be honest with you, maybe it's because I, I come from the UK and this doesn't ever happen in England in the sense that when a manager wins a title, he never gets sacked after winning the title. But well, Cyprus is a different world, so I shouldn't have been surprised. But you, being a player, coming from Denmark, where that stuff doesn't really happen. Croatia, where I can't remember that ever happening. And what was it like for you thinking, like these guys just won us the league?
1: What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, they had their issues, I think. Uh, for sure, some things happened behind the scenes. Uh, so... You felt it coming a bit as a player, but you could see it, but uh, for the outside… You weren't surprised. No, I was not really surprised, you know. There was also the interview after the game against uh, the Israeli team. Uh, After that interview, you kind of knew that uh, probably it's it's finished, you know. Mm, Fair
0: enough, fair enough. Well, by the sound of it, a lot happened… With the, with the coaches, various changes. Gadala came in, that didn't seem to work out. Um, th- there, was, there was a couple more changes and Bogdan came in. Now, we're not going to really talk about that too much, but what I want to know, mate, in terms of your experience overall with the club, and I'm talking about on the field and also with the fans. Obviously, you played European football, you won the title, won the Super Cup, you beat my team, and I had a meltdown that night. I'm not going to go into that. But, you know, it, it, it just seemed that your time was kind of... I would say spoiled or ruined a little bit by whatever happened behind the scenes. But I think given your ability, I mean, every time Omonia played uh, Abolon, now obviously I was thinking about Bita and, and the, the threats from, from wide areas. But I thought when Jrad is on the ball as a number 10, he'll kill you when you give him space. And you scored a goal against us where you twisted Yuste and put it in the top bin. And I was always saying, this guy has got a rocket of a shot. He's got ability. And I think, you know, you you are undoubtedly one of the best players I've seen in the Barathelema in the last
1: five, ten years, for sure. No, thank you. To be honest, it's, uh, yeah. In in football, people forget, you know, when you get injuries, people look at the last season. So you asked me what if I look at my whole time in Apollo. For me, it's very simple. It's two years. The first year was amazing. Even though I had my surgeries, uh, I was injured, but I was still happy in the club, still happy in the team. You know, uh, I wanted to win as much as the players who was playing uh, from the stands, and that's not normal. You know, some mostly when you're not playing, you you're kind of how you say like you want to be a part of it. You know, that time I was just I want I want us to win all together. Uh, second I mean, year, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Shit, different story no, no. different story no, no. bro no, no. different story
0: no. well we've done almost 35 minutes bro i don't want to take up too much of your time because obviously i said you're, you're a busy guy and you know maybe you don't want to be talking to us too much because we no, can don't. ask questions no. all day <laughs> so I, I so did it, have you got any more questions because
2: i've got some quick fire questions that maybe so I, I would like good. i would like to ask you uh first of all um about your best goal was it that goal against Omonia the best goal of your career so far? No, I wouldn't say the best. Or, or in Cyprus. In Cyprus, I like the one against Apuel the
1: most—the volley. Ah,
2: that, okay, okay. Personally,
1: I like that more than the long shot, because I have I've had many long shots throughout my career. Now, uh, that one, the volley, I liked it more. That's. Yes.
0: Bro, you know that there's a, a, a strong Lebanese influence in Cyprus, as, as I'm sure you've seen, right? So while you were out there, did you did you experience the Cypriot's way
1: of cooking Lebanese food? And did it impress you? Yeah, I went to some uh, restaurants. You got uh, Cleopatra and uh, Limassol. That was a good one. Um, yeah, and you have the other one. I forget the name. I think it is. It's the same. Okay. A lot of Lebanese food and Syrian food. So I liked it. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Excellent. And how would you rate
0: Bitta's evolution over the past couple of years? Because obviously, I, I, I don't think you knew him before you came to Cyprus, but seeing him last season and this season, what's
1: impressed you most about him? No, with him, is the goals, you know, that you can stack up goals every season. is a good quality to have. So, no, that was, uh, I don't know, he scored 15 the last year, I think. How many? 18. Something um, like that, yeah. Last, no, the year before uh, this season. Oh, year before, yeah. And this yeah. Season. So, with him, it's goals, you know. You know what you get, it's it's goals. Okay, okay. So, if we talk
0: about your teammates, right? You mentioned Gol and and Gadelari in terms of their, their funny traits, Let's say, for example, you were going to have some you were going to go on a night out with your, with your teammates. Was there one person that you'd think, "Oh my God, if we go out, right, he, he's a liability. Do you know what I mean? He's the kind of person that turns up late or <laughs> you know he't he, tra- he doesn't wear shoes when you're meant to wear shoes to go into a bar or a club or whatever. Have you, is there a teammate that was like that?
1: No, not, not that I remember. I remember the the funny ones the the crazy ones for me number 1 it was Janga number 1 after the winning the title was Janga from the moment we won until we went on vacation he was on fire you know and in the season he was the most professional guy he came before everybody else and left after everybody else so for me Janga was number 1
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And what were the title celebrations like with the fans? Because I'm assuming wherever you went, you'd have Abolon fans coming up to you saying thank you. What, what was that like for you? No, it was
1: crazy. You could feel it was something they waited for a long time, you know, 16 years. And the years before, our was closed. So, no, it was it was a very nice time. Okay. And in terms of places you
0: went in Cyprus, I assume you went out in Limassol quite a bit. Were there any... Did you have a favorite place like a coffee shop or a restaurant or a buy anything like that? Oh, Columbia Beach is. Uh, is, is... Everyone <laughs> tells me that. <laughs> Columbia Beach, yeah, everyone says that when they're in Limassol, bro. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because, um, I listen, I, I love Limassol. Uh, I go there quite regularly. Well, when I'm out in Cyprus anyway. In fact, I love the whole of, of Cyprus. But when I was younger, I spent most of my time in Limassol. You know, relatives were there and we used to go to Ladies Mile, or even Gurion, which is slightly outside of, of Limassol. But, yeah, everyone, everyone talks about, you know, Columbia Beach, but no one talks about Rumours. Did you ever go to Rumours?
1: Yeah, Rumours is nice too. Rumours was nice yeah.
0: too. Good oh, my, place. My friend Chris, good, good music, and it was chill. My friend Chris DJ's there. Chris ah, yeah? DJ's there, I'm sure. yeah, yeah,
1: DJ no, S. I went there,
0: yeah. So I nice, nice, no, excellent, excellent. Well, bro, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's it's been a pleasure, and hopefully, we can do something again in the, in the near future. I didn't ask you about uh, representing your national team. What was that like? Must have been a, a huge honor,
1: right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I played for Denmark my whole youth uh, so it was different when I went to play for the Lebanese national team it's a big honour of course, always always it is
2: Fantastic and on the final I I would like to ask um, when you are in Apollon who was the the player that impressed you who had the most quality as a football player in in the squad in both both years? I think uh,
1: Robbie Robbie was uh, right. even his age with the, with the ball he's one of the best defenders i played with he have the the best pass between the lines and as a number 10 you like that you know uh, yeah. so I would say Robbie Robbie Excellent excellent well Basil thank you again
0: for joining us bro is there are there any messages you'd like to send to the Abolon fans before
1: we wrap it up? No, I I wrote it on Instagram. Ah, Okay, thank you for everything. And uh, you know, it's now it's the battle. Now we move forward. The message is check my Instagram.
0: (laughs) Well, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll be very back very soon. We've got uh, an Instagram account at this is Mapa. We've got a Twitter account, and that's about it. So, from us, it's adios.